Welcome to the 411 Podcast. I am your hairdresser and host, Nicole. Everyone knows the salon as a little therapy session. Hairdressers know all your dirty secrets. What happens in the salon usually stays in the salon. Well, until now, that is. Each week, I will be joined by a different client who will co-host with me and we will spill all the juicy gloss. From relationships to self-love, we are going to teach you how to treat you right. So get cosy, grab a cuppa or a Cosmo and cheeseburger and learn to love yourself. And welcome back to the 411 podcast for another episode. This week I am joined by my client Rona and our topic is sexual assault. And I just want to briefly before I start just put out there a wee trigger warning. This episode is going to contain some information that might be upsetting to the listener and it may contain some graphic information as well so just bear that in mind before and we do have a number for the rape crisis center if you are triggered or you are somebody that needs help which we will be given at the end of this episode so um rona thank you so much for joining me hi and um so honest to god like before we start i just want to say like thank you so much for taking the time out your day and this is brave af right what you're about to do and as i know it's going to help a lot of people yeah um so the topic being sexual assault unfortunately rona you were a victim of sexual assault and that's what we're here to talk about on the podcast this week and i just want a give you the floor really to tell your story and the way that you want it to be told you, you tell Where us how start? <laughs> like for the beginning what happened give us the deep yeah the, <laughs> the details of how it happens because i think that there's this stigmatism that it happens every every case might happen when you're walking down the street at four in the morning on your own and it certainly doesn't happen like that most people who are rape victims are raped by someone that they already know whether it's a friend or a partner your story is very similar isn't it yeah so basically I was seeing this guy um who I thought that was a nice guy like thought I could trust him thought he was like people that I knew knew him and everyone was like oh he's such a nice guy like he's a sound guy like there's nothing and I was like right okay started talking to him and then a couple months later, well, a month later, he I went on a night out. So I wasn't drunk. I had two drinks or three drinks. So that's not going to get you drunk in the first place. And then I went back to my pal's house. And then I went up to his. And then, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so basically what happened was that he started... Well, I was like going to sleep and I was like right night kind of thing. And he was completely sober because <laughs> he wasn't out. He wasn't doing anything. So he, well, I went to sleep. I was like night, eh, I'm going to sleep. Crashed, well, turned away to face the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to like start pulling my pants down. Mm-hmm. 
and I started pulling them back up Mm -hmm. and that went on for like it felt like forever but it wasn't forever and then I just kind of froze and I just didn't know what to do I didn't know how to act like I was just like what's going on because you were literally pulling them up up. and he was pulling them down thinking it's like constant and I was like oh she's just teasing me uh and I was like no I'm going to sleep like kept saying no like literally repeatedly saying no for like felt like forever and then he started and then I literally just froze and I was like I can't even do this like I just couldn't breathe and then I remember oh I remember this so clearly that I had literally one single tear going down my cheek and I was going what's happening because I was like he's someone I'm meant to trust Mm -hmm. someone that I thought would never do that because that's not what was meant to happen to me it wasn't meant to happen to anyone but it did happen and that's basically (laughs) yeah so like in that moment I suppose there's like you maybe see on tv or in a movie or whatever and it's like you fight, you kick, you scream, you pull your hair out, you like try and maybe injure them yeah. so that there's evidence. You you do everything in your power that you possibly could to stop it from happening. But the problem is that I suppose it's a it's a flight mode, isn't it? There's fight yeah, or flight. They literally and... say that it's flight, freeze or flight. Mm-hmm. And basically, I just froze, and a lot of people just freeze. And I think a lot of people, like, because I was personally, like, oh, I would fight them. Like, I would fight them. I'd, like, scratch them. I'd do something Mm -hmm. just to get them off. And in that moment, like, you don't know what you're going to be like. Mm -hmm. Because I was always like, yep, this will happen that way, that way, that way. And I just completely froze and shut off. And I was like, I just want this to be over kind of thing. And it was just, it was genuinely awful. But people always go, why didn't you fight? And it's like, well, I couldn't. I physically couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then... Like it was just, it was just the weirdest experience of my life, honestly. Uh-huh. It was just awful. <laughs> and when you said no, because I suppose that's the thing. It's like I remember Amber Rose was being really trailed through the mud yeah. by Kanye West, and I suppose he's kind of doing that to Kim Kardashian now because it's 100%. like gaslight now. Um, and if he didn't have all the money that he had, then he would be locked up. Like the things that he's doing. Um, but he totally trailed Amber Rose through the mud after splitting up with her and basically made that she was a prostitute and all that, which I just think's ridiculous, really. Because he stood in red carpets where are quite like happy to be like, oh, this is my girlfriend. And then as Legit. soon as it goes wrong, he's like calling her all the names under the sun and whatever, trailing her through the mud. But I remember her giving an interview and saying that, like, she was ad- like being an advocate for this kind of thing, like sexual assault and harassment and all that against women. And she was saying, it doesn't matter whether you are rock hard and I'm wet as fuck and you've got a condom on and we're like ready to go. If mm-hmm. I say no, then no means no bro. Exactly. Like, and then when you, you could be halfway through it and decide you don't Literally want this anymore. Uh-huh. And that's the part where I feel like we've all been there like in bed with somebody that we're seeing or we're going out with or whatever and we've been like oh no like no 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 yeah and then it leads to sex uh-huh. that is what's the word consensual consensual <laughs> sorry i couldn't think of that word there it leads to consensual sex when the word no is used that's like no means like, no uh-huh. and there needs to be 
something more it's like that stigma of if a boy hits you like at school oh it's because he likes you like no 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 means no you don't lift your hand to somebody that you like or you love or whatever that's yeah. not a way to show them so I think that your story is actually very it's the opposite of what films and tv shows and all that maybe shows they literally only show and the it's reality like they only ever show the part that it's like oh you go to a party and you're drunk and a guy mm. like that happens like you're putting yourself in a vulnerable uh-huh. position so therefore it may be your fault it could be the way that you've mm-hmm. drunk too much or dressed too like prerogatively or whatever but again it's you can be as drunk as you like and you could be as naked as you like and if you say no That's and you're it. not saying and you're not making consensual sex happen you're not making that move then it's it shouldn't be happening and obviously there's like that intoxication as well like you only had a few drinks but like um a few drinks and then there's people some people are like, are like out their mind mm-hmm. drunk and they really don't know where they are what they're doing or whatever and guys are still quite happy to like have a go and there needs to be like a change there needs to be something I actually remember and it was last night when I was talking to my my, my friends about doing this episode and we were actually sat around a table last night talking about the things that have happened to us like sexual yep. harassment things that could maybe be classed as as rape like because it's non-consensual and it was shocking how much stuff had actually happened and I remember being at my friend's house one time and we were literally singing happy birthday to her as her mum brought her cake out and this boy that was one of her boyfriends put his hand up my skirt moved my knickers to the side and tried to put his fingers inside me and I turned round to the first boy that was right behind me because I'd assumed that was it. And I grabbed him and I started to slap him in the face. I was like, how dare you? Like, how dare you? And I remember my old friend, like, grabbing me. He was a guy. And he literally, like, grabbed me by the neck and pinned me up against the wall. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing and all that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, to him. And I was like, he just touched me. He just touched me. And I remember phoning my boyfriend at the time and he was with his big cousin. My friend's mum knew them and they came over and she was wanting to throw me out, but she wasn't throwing the guy out that did that so that he wouldn't get battered. Mm -hmm. And she was calling my boyfriend and his cousin for everything, like basically saying they were this and they were that and like you're just like how were we in the wrong for that why why was Anne in the wrong for like sticking up for yourself uh-huh for for trying to defend myself why were they in the wrong for actually wanting knowing that that wasn't right and wanting to get at the guy which is kind of human nature in it like mm-hmm. I mean if somebody touches your girl literally you're going for them uh-huh. no like, matter what <laughs> I think that there needs to be like a there needs to be something that brings I feel like a lot of attention's been brought to like um sexual assault and things like that because of the girl Sarah yeah. that was killed by the a police officer yeah. last year. But I just feel as if how come it's never enough? How come what what do we need to do to change society's view? Do we need to start a nursery school? Do we need to start to install into men into their heads to get uh-huh. it? But it's not even that. It's like there's so many guys that think they have the night, mm-hmm. but they don't. They never know how where it comes from because in school, I remember 
in secondary school we got taught in personal health or what mm-hmm. whatever it was called like it was your guide day yeah and you used to get taught like this is if this happens to you and it's like scenarios that don't happen every day mm-hmm. like there's like hundreds of women that are happened to and like their scenarios aren't the that. same as what we get shown in school uh-huh. and then it's like a lot of men especially like I've noticed that with working with the public like they just think they can do it but I don't know if it's from school or if it's from like when they were kids because if their mums aren't like I'm not blaming mums but if like they're not getting taught like right from wrong when they're young like how are they going to learn kind of thing Mm -hmm. does that make sense probably not because I think that we've came through like this generation the generation's very promiscuous Mm -hmm. and I think that it there's there's no a lot of boundaries no we a lot of things it's not just like in situations like this it's there's no boundaries there's no there's no real repercussions to many things when I think back like I'm 30 when I think back and when I was younger you would get your arse tanned <laughs> you would Literally. get grounded you would like <laughs> you'd get everything underneath the sun if you'd done one thing wrong uh-huh. even if you went and like and it, sh- I'd I genuinely don't think it's a bad thing. I don't no. think that a scalp in the bum is a bad thing. I think people that are going to go too far are too far. I know that's another subject and people might not agree with me, right? But I feel as if when it comes to situations like this, the fact that it's people that you know mm-hmm. that are most likely to do something like that to you, and it's mostly women, nine out of ten people that are raped, it's women mm-hmm. that are raped fewer than one in 60 ending conviction there was something like fifty-five thousand. yeah and march 2019 to 2020 there was fifty-five thousand rapes reported and fewer than 1500 were convicted but that just shows you like that's horrendous it's the only crime in the book where the victim is interrogated and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, there's definitely scenarios where girls, I think, say yeah. things like that because they... Yeah, they think they can get, like, a bit of... I don't know what it is because I know people that... Guys who have actually not done it and the girls being like, oh, this happened, and then they get investigated so far and the, guy, the police are just like, this didn't happen, like, mm-hmm. you're lying, and they've turned down to the guys during the investigation like I know it's a pack of lies kind of thing and it's like but why would you do that it's like the people who have been through it find it so hard to actually get the courage because they know what it's like to go to the police it's like an actual you get blamed you you're the only get, victim that get blamed for what happened to you literally you get sat down because I looked into it and I was like I could do this and I just didn't feel like it was right for me and that's like a lot of people feel like that because it's such a hard, hard thing. And a lot of people say who do go to the police, they say that it's the worst thing they've ever done mm-hmm. and it's made them 10 times tra- more tra- traumatised than yeah. what happened to them. And I was like, I don't want to be in a worse position than I already am. And that is just mental to me. Like, the police should be like, right, okay, sit down, like, just explain your story, like, what happened, mm-hmm. like, what time, like ask the questions they need to ask and then because they do do 
a swab and take your clothes and DNA and all that kind of stuff and I feel like it's hard for women to go through that because it is such a like what's that word well it's a personal invasion uh-huh. and it? it's Literally. very personal and then somebody's just been there that yeah. you never wanted to be there yeah and now there's somebody else there that you don't want to mm-hmm. be there but they're there because of the situation yeah and um, it's just like you're going in an endless circle and you just I just feel like a lot of women would just feel stuck mm-hmm. in a way that I know I felt stuck in that situation and I don't know what to do I don't know like anything like that and that's completely normal but then to go to the get like say you go to your mum your dad like you go to someone you trust and then them going you need to go report it and then like taking you and like getting you to the police station and then you reporting it is a completely different ballpark than Mm -hmm. just living with it kind of thing Mm -hmm. like it's just a hundred times worse than I think that like not the actual thing because the thing is awful Mm -hmm. but it would just make it so much harder to get over because you're going through another trauma to yeah. get over that one trauma. Yeah. And then you need more help to get over, like, the whole getting interrogated and, like, getting all the DNA testing thing done would just be so much worse to go through. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely makes sense. Like, I just think for a lot of people, a lot of women, and I probably am speaking on women's behalf for this, but... I couldn't do it. So for like, like I'll say, my mum wanted me to go to the police and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I physically can't put myself in that position that I need to sit and explain to a police officer, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And then, because by the time my mum found out, it was like a year and six months later and that was probably the worst thing that I'd done because she did notice a change in me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And And you just kept that? What yourself? Yeah. I told the first person I actually asked, is this rape? Was one of my closest pals because I was like, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is counted as it. Like, it's just, you don't think in the time that it's actually like real. Like, mm-hmm. the only way I can describe it is, say, do you know how when you're watching TV show, this is the only way I can describe well, it to anyone? Self doubt, isn't it? Uh huh. And then you're literally sitting as yourself and then you can see above you but you're not in control of what you're doing Mm. and I was like that for since I went before I went in therapy it was horrendous (laughs) and I've just completely fucked no no like so you the the video one of the videos I watched when I was doing research for this podcast was a woman and there was also a guy in it and they both said that they both said that they would need encourage anybody who had been raped to go through that so something needs to change like that it's actually um it's got the lowest number of convictions for the highest volume of crimes in the book Mm -hmm. right so how do we keep men and women safe for being raped being sexually assaulted how do we make that better how what could possibly be done should should it's obviously it's clearly a crime should it be handled the way that other crimes are handled though no reading the statistics and doing my research and listening to your story i feel like it's clearly not 
it's doing it's not justice mm. at all it's basically saying that out of every crime in the book if you rape somebody you are most likely to have all the evidence in the fucking world but nothing's going to get done to you literally and that's a, like a huge issue but and as a woman that is the scariest thing because that's a lot of things that happen like it happens all the time but i was reading up a couple of i think it was like a couple of months ago i was watching this thing and it was talking about that someone was been through it and no it was a police program or something it was something silly like that but it's this police officer down in england that's actually trying to like fight to change it because there's so many women that go through it and they get to court they finally get their day in court and then it just turns around and smacks them in the face literally with a pure how do this like the only way i can describe it is like actually like imagining something but like imagine like in the cartoons and like someone gets smacked along the face and your eyes pop out mm -hmm. it was literally like that for them and you could see how they were like oh yeah it's going to happen like he's going to get like he's going to get jailed he's going to get put on that that like mm -hmm. and it doesn't and it just you just see the person just completely break down because they're like well what have i got to do now like how are people going to believe me mm -hmm. and that's a huge issue like loads of people don't especially like i found that people are like i don't know whether that's happened to you kind of thing and it's like it did happen i've experienced it i went through all the stuff i've went through to like get to this point and i'm actually like yeah that did happen to me and i'm not afraid to ever let anyone know it mm -hmm. because it did happen so why should i be ashamed when it's him that should be ashamed and that's the big thing it's like see when it comes to things like that it's the shame's put on the victim it's mm -hmm. not put on the guy the guy's still the man somehow mm -hmm. like oh i look you um she was like in your bed naked and whatever pure wanted you to smash her and you did and now she's pure sane yeah. like that that's bs and and the people that have done things like this like know that that's bs deep down and the worst part about it is like that you get blamed and you get questioned mm -hmm. by and the the thing Everyone. is you probably get blamed and questioned by your own family your own yeah. best pals that's the worst part of it like literally i was quite lucky when i went to my pal and asked like i went is this actually what happened to me mm -hmm. and she was like you said no repeatedly you were crying you just froze you didn't know what to do like are you are you actually retarded when that did happen and mm -hmm. i was like in my head i was like oh no no it's fine and then like when she said like she kept saying it and i was like i was like oh sh like that did actually mm -hmm. happen and that's when it just kind of all went i need to get out of this i don't know how i'm going to get out of this i need to get like i need to cut them off somehow mm -hmm. and it was like that's when I realised, like, in my head, like, shit, I need to get out of this situation, and it's just, like, awful. So, tell me, Rona, what happened, like, after that? Because, again, in the video, there was a woman who was saying about she didn't want to be, um, she wouldn't encourage people, sorry, to go to the police about their rape. And what happened was she was seeing a guy, and she seen him again. Like yeah, after it, again. um, and that's the thing that people don't understand, understand as well is like, well, why would you go and see a guy? Should you know be terrified them? Should you, um? So tell me what happened after that. See when you had, I, I take it it was intercourse. Yeah. Right. So you had intercourse, 
and it was obviously non-consensual. Nope. What happened after that? So basically, I didn't know how to get out of it. So it was like a pure tricky, tricky situation. I was like, how am I going to get out of this scenario? Like, I need away from him. But I did. I went up to see him, I think, once after that. And I didn't want to be there the full time. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel comfortable. But he kept going, you need to see me, you need to see me, you need to see me. I didn't have sex with him after that. Mm-hmm. I, well, I didn't even have sex with him in the first place. Uh-huh. But I didn't even want to be near him. And I didn't know how to just be like, no, because no didn't work. The last time when I was saying, like, pleading with him, like, mm-hmm. no. So what if he, like, just does it again and I'm stuck in that situation that he's not going to take no for an answer? Because that's what was going on in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, how is he going to take no now but didn't take no then yep so I went to see him and then I went to a party and then I decided to kiss a boy Mm -hmm. and it was because he was always like if you do that then I'll be done with you right so I was like right okay Rona this is the perfect opportunity just go in be like look I kissed someone and literally within a couple of days, he was like, right, that's it done. And I was like, relief. Literally relief because I was like, I never need to see him again. I never need to be near him. Like, I can just be me and I'll be fine. Of course, I wasn't fine. <laughs> like, I just went through an awful experience. And then I told my ex-boyfriend at the time what had happened. And he was like, eh he kind of went mental because he's very protective over me mm-hmm. and he just flipped it and he was like are you okay like what do you want me to do like do you need anything kind of thing and honestly I'm so grateful for him and I always will be but it was just the fact that someone did actually believe me when I told them mm-hmm. and then and that's the difference between a man that's no right with that and that is because again there's this stigmatism where there's boys that will encourage that kind of behaviour to their friends and then and be like, oh, she wanted it. Like, yeah. mate, like don't question yourself. Do you know what I mean? Literally. Like, And then there's others that would be like, that is no cool. Like, yeah. what you've done was, no, you're right. no a man. Because like, there's loads of guys like that out there. Because I've, like, there is. I've told. I think like, there's more than the people on the other, yeah. on the opposing side, let's Literally. say. Because I've met so many people and I'm, like when I was a wee bit, because I kind of went a wee bit woohoo crazy. As you would do. Literally was not eating. Wasn't and I don't sleeping. even think that's fair to call yourself crazy. But it's not. Like even when I went to therapy and I went through all that, like I was sitting going like the only way I could describe myself was mental. Like I was going out every weekend, drinking, like doing things that I shouldn't be doing and like doing things that aren't me so I was like going out and like going getting off with guys like that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I'm not that type of person like like fair enough you can go out on a night out and kiss someone and then but it's a different way of thinking you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. like you're not in control so it's like you're in pilot mode kind of thing mm-hmm. so you're not actually in control of your body you were literally I was literally watching myself from an outer body experience going what the am I doing I can relate to that a lot like it's the weirdest thing and it took me a long time to realize like that isn't right it was just it was just mental like and it was like because you were trying to explain it to people like look this is how it is Mm -hmm. 
and people were not getting it because they're like, oh, you but you're just being like a drama queen, like the smallest thing. Mm-hmm. So say if like, I can't even think, but like something so stupid to everyone else would be a hundred times bigger because I was in that way of thinking that everything is just crap and I'm just went out of here. I'm like, mm-hmm. if I get to that point where I was like, I just don't want to be here because I was like, how am I going to get past this? Because it was the worst. It was awful after it, like it really was. And then, like, trying to explain what happened to you to everyone else around you. Like, explain it to my mum. I've never told her the full story and I never will tell her the full story because she would just break down. I've never told my dad the full story. I told my brother he was one of the first people to know. And he just seen me just collapse because I remember he was downstairs uh, making a cup of coffee at, like, four in the morning. Absolute weirdo. And it was like, <laughs> I went downstairs and I was just crying. And he was like, what's going on with you? And this was like a couple of weeks after it. And I was like, Alan, I've got something to tell you. And he was like, what's happened? And I was like, well, I've just been raped like a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, right, sit down. And he made me like a cup of tea. And he was just like, sit down, like calm down, like you're okay. Mm-hmm. And he just gave me the biggest cuddle of his life. And he was like, you're still my sister. You're still not, mm-hmm. you're not changed. And like you do feel like you kind of do change. Like you're you're tainted, you're tarnished, you're Yeah. I, I guess there's probably a lot of things that you think about yourself. You think, oh, I feel dirty. People have described like going in the shower and shivering for literally. hours on end continuously scrubbing. scrubbing. Literally, mm-hmm. I used to do that every day. I used to go in for a shower, like scrubbing every single like part of my body until I was like red raw. Uh-huh. And it was like, I was coming out and I had like, you know how when you like scrub too hard or something, mm. you get like these like wee dry patches mm-hmm, and like marks and stuff. And I constantly had that everywhere. But I just felt like I was like so dirty and I was constantly washing. Like I have two showers a day. I'm not dirty. <laughs> like I'm not dirty in the slightest. But it's in your head that I'm so dirty. Like I'm filthy. Like I'm, there's nothing. Like why would anyone want to be with me now? Because that's happened to me and like how are people going to handle it? if I turn around and say no because they don't understand like it is like a different it's just I can't even describe it like it's just awful and then like trying to like get in relationships again it was just hard and like sitting trying to explain like look I can't have sex because that happened to me and I can't like or if I was in the middle of having sex I'd have a flashback of it Mm -hmm. To the point that I was literally like just burst into tears and like mm-hmm. people would be like, what the hell's going on? Uh-huh. And like they're shocked and they don't know how to react to it because you're just like broke down to like basically nothing mm-hmm. and you just feel like a broken person. And how did that come about? Because men are known for not being emotional beings, you know, like know that they've not got emotions, but having to tell somebody that you're getting away with one of the biggest, deepest, darkest secrets of your life. How how did you navigate that when men are always fully equipped to receive yeah. the communication that they're about to receive, let's say? Yeah, so there's been a couple of times, so before I got back with my boyfriend, like, I first, like, tried to have sex with him, like he's been my boyfriend for years, so I was like someone I felt comfortable, I can say for. And he's seen a difference, mm-hmm. but oh, he already knew what happened because I kind of just explained when it first happened. Because it's like, look, I need you. Like, I don't care if we're not speaking, if we're not 
talking I was like I just need to tell you this mm-hmm. and he was the most like this boy deserves a bloody blue gold badge like everything like mm-hmm. he generally deserves the world uh, for dealing with me because it was just horrendous and it was just the way he was like it's okay like you're going to be okay you'll get through this like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal like you're okay and then like when I was talking to other guys and like telling them like a lot of people like there was one of my ex-boyfriends was like that didn't happen to you and I was like how would you know like how would you actually know and he was like well you would have went to the place or um you would be in therapy or what else did I say um or he said awful things but he was horrible about it he was just like that didn't happen to you like if it did happen then why didn't you do that why didn't you do this and I was like because I just couldn't and he didn't understand how I just couldn't I think we all we all maybe think in the back of our minds that if somebody done something that terrible and we've all watched Law and Order and all yeah. that and we think oh it's just DNA they would do a swab and the next minute it'd be in the jail right like but it's, but it's not, not, like, not that. like that it's literally like two years three years of your life going mm-hmm. to tell your story to five different police officers over six months mm-hmm. or it'd be like it would be like another five the next month another five the next month that be like constantly needing to tell your story over and over and over again mm-hmm. and going through repeating it and repeating it and repeating it it's just going to tear you down more and more and more and that's how I would think about it like that's what was in my head I was like if I'm going to report this then I know what's going to happen I know how it's going to be because I used to be one of the people I was like oh you would report it like you would go through that even if you knew it was hard like it's not the way people think because even when I was talking to my therapist like I've had about four therapists Mm -hmm. and they've all been like it's not an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. and it was it's it's horrendous like it is just awful like trying to explain to people like this isn't the way it is Mm-hmm. like you can't turn around to someone and be like but this is what I would do because you've not been through it so how would you mm-hmm. know how I'm feeling yeah and that's, that's the thing it's like really I was speaking about this earlier on I think that when it comes to judgment I think people are very judgmental especially in this day and age yep. and really in order for you to judge somebody well Walk in you shoes. need to have walked in their shoes in order to judge them right that's number one. If you've not been through it, you don't actually know because you don't know how you would react and you don't know how you're going to, whether it's fight, flight mode or whatever, or survival mode or whatever, right? You do not know how you're going to react to it. And then number two, judgment. If you're going to judge somebody else for something, whether it was something that they done when they were young or it's something that they've done in this day and age, that means that you must know have ever done anything in your life. You must know have never made a mistake. And that must be bloody great. It must be great to know have made a mistake in life. But you know what? It's also shit because mistakes make for good people. Exactly. And I'm glad I've got trauma. And I don't know about you, but I think that that makes for very beautiful people because I know that you are one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and I know that genuinely you from are. the bottom of my heart, I'm one of the most genuine, kindest people I've ever came across in my life. And there's no 100%. batting an eyelid about that. Do you know what I mean? So I think that trauma is a, it's a gorgeous thing. I think it's beautiful. 
people that don't have trauma now I see as red flags rather Literally. than yeah because it's I was like why have, you, last week. why have you not been through stuff uh-huh. like what's so special about you because and it's like no but you should have been through something like everyone has their own life experience that's what I think it's the making of people it's the making of you like this has honestly I can I can stand back from it now and look back from like four years ago and look at the person that I was when it happened and after it happened and like even like in 2019 like a year after it I was not myself like Mm -hmm. for two years I lost my basically my whole being I couldn't do anything and it was like but how can that make sense Mm -hmm. and then when I went to therapy and honestly my therapists have been amazing like they have literally worked so hard with me and they've had the patience of a saint because I've been like I don't know how I'm going to get through this blah 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 like how am I going to be normal and they just turn around like no one's normal Mm -hmm. like everyone has their own way of dealing with rape what you've experienced and the first thing that I remember because I went to I went to a private therapist I'll say this went to a private therapist because I was literally my mum was like you need something because I went to the doctor's and I was just a mess, like I was like just broke down in front of the doctor that I've never even met in my life. And she was like a new woman, and she was obviously just like became a doctor kind of thing. And I just broke down, and I was like, I can't do this. And she was like, What's happened? Like, just explain it to me. And I was like, This has happened, and I don't know how I'm coping. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, just breathe, just breathe. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I'll get you a tissue, take a tissue, calm down. Like, it's okay. Like, you're okay. Like, this isn't going to affect you the rest of your life. Like, you will, like, you, it will affect me the rest of my life. But what she was meaning was just, like, you're going to take this time and you're going to build from it and you're going to build yourself back up mm-hmm. to who you were but maybe it's not going to be the same person because mm-hmm. it's never going to be the same person. It's going to be someone that's completely different, mm-hmm. but it's a good different. Like, yep. that's the way I see it. It's taking lemons and making lemonade, lemonade, isn't it? Like, you will be... It sounds... I don't want this to sound... Please, like, audience, don't think that I'm saying that this needs to happen to you to make a better being. I just mean no. when you've been through trauma and you come at the other end of it, then that makes for quite a a, a substantial boss ass. Yeah, as you'd always say to me, you're a bad bitch. I've been a bad bitch. <laughs> so um, it's like that type of thing to me. And I had a conversation with my friend last week about it and about just going through things in life and going through trauma. And I was like, I honestly think that like we were saying there it's a red flag if you've never Literally. been through anything see folk that have never been through I've anything never met anyone that's they're the smarmiest literally motherfuckers ever and they're fucking horrible because they've never been smacked in the face physically or in life and i'm mm-hmm. not no saying that it's fa- like choose violence and all that that's not what i'm saying right <laughs> You're what, I'm meaning is, <laughs> what i'm saying is that it's so these things are viewed as being bad things right like going through trauma but it's not it's what you make of it and I know that some people just don't have the tools to be able to move forward and 
you've got your brother and your mum w- was good getting literally, your therapist and all that wasn't she my mum literally was I can't honestly fault that woman mm-hmm. she literally drove me to the doctor's she actually drove me my boyfriend and her down to the doctor's and they literally my boyfriend was like right I'll come in with you because my mum was like if I come in with you you'll just burst into tears and you'll mm-hmm. just be a mess in the waiting room so he was like trying to make a joke and a laugh and I was like don't I'm actually really nervous to talk about this I don't know what I'm yeah. doing because it was like the first time actually going to talk to someone mm-hmm. about trying to get help and he was just like making a joke and a laugh and he's always been like he just takes the absolute mick at the smallest thing even mm-hmm. if I'm like in the shittest headspace he's just like oh but look at that and I'm like but what mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's that to do with anything that's actually how I cope with trauma Literally. and it's how my family cope with trauma which is I why I've adapted to that is I make terrible jokes I say jokes Literally. far too soon <laughs> like 10 minutes after somebody's died it's just no that's and some people just don't get it and I'm like fuck and then I think it's a coping mechanism it's not malice there's no it's malice no that's the way i am because my, ther- my all my therapists have been like right everyone this is meant to be serious and we're meant to like sort you out and like get you back <laughs> and you're like going, i'm like yo you mama know? so fat <laughs> and i'm like, like <laughs> i was like, 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 like oh yeah um she, she said something and i was just like you know i'm your favorite trauma person ever and then she was like well you can't say that and i said no 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 something else i said and she was just she just burst it laughing she couldn't even like just keep a straight face mm-hmm. and i was just like well it's true so then she was like rona you can't say that thing but she was just laughing because i was like making a joke of it because yeah. i was like the only way i'm going to get past like everything that i've been through is if i'm going to make a mockery of it because uh-huh. have who, a sense of humor. who else is going to and then Oh, it was just hilarious. My, honestly, I loved that therapist. She was like my favourite because she literally, she was with me for about six months to a year. Uh-huh. And it was just mental, like the things that we literally talked about. And we were sitting talking about when I first got one of my cats. Well, I was talking about my cats because she's got cats. And we were sitting having a conversation about cats for at least 20 minutes. And she was like, Remini, actually talk about what was actually happening. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so talking about your therapist, right, you said you had four. Yeah what what was it was it that you got to the fourth one and you feel as if you were actually ready for it then maybe you weren't ready for the three before or were the three before no helpful tell us a bit wee bit about that right. because people listening yeah we'll maybe be like, been why she had like therapists. <laughs> so basically what happened when I went to the doctor the doctor gave me numbers for Sandyford um and rape crisis and she went, if you really are struggling, your probably best bet is trying to get a private therapist. Mm-hmm. So I went out and told, burst into tears when I got into the car. My boyfriend and my mum were like, well, stop crying, get a grab. And I was like, no, I can't help it, give me a minute. <laughs> and she was like, and my boyfriend was just looked at me and was like, okay. And then my mum was like, just breathe, just breathe. Because I was purely like, having a panic attack. Like I've just actually talked about that to the doctor. Yeah. And then they're like, she gave me leaflets and I just went, look at them. Just look at them. And then they're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> my mum started reading that and she was like, right, okay, so you've got Sandyford. And then you've got rape crisis. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I think I need a private therapist now. And then, uh, and then it turns into that. She was like, basically, when I was in the room talking to the doctor, she was like, 
if you need something more just come back to me but I didn't feel comfortable because mm-hmm. I know those people that are still on antidepressants that they've been on for years and years and years and I was like I don't want to start that yet medicating I don't want to medicate it because, because if I medicate thing, it it's masking it it's not mm-hmm. dealing with it it's, it's not, not facing dealing. it head uh-huh. on so Good I was for like, you. I was like, I'm trying not to do that. And my mum was like, that if that's what you want to do, and everyone supported my decision, and it was like quite a hard one because I was like to the point that I couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. I just felt like just giving up on life, mm-hmm. and everyone was watching it happen and not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. So my mum was like, right, okay, we've had enough of this. We're getting your private therapist. So she texts a big pile of our pals searched up on the internet like look for someone that could just talk to me Mm -hmm. and say like everything's going to be okay just to keep me going so I could like talk about my problems Mm -hmm. instead of like relying on like my boyfriend my mum my dad because like it is hard like it was awful to talk about with my Mm mum and like my dad was just a mess when he found it he just it just all right. No, no father, brother, mother <laughs> wants to hear intimate details of their daughter. Never mind Literally. things like that that could it would traumatize them. Literally, because I didn't. I've never ever told them the whole story or anything like that. And I just turned around to my mom and I was like, "Mom, she been have you been raped?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "I just knew." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How the hell did Mother's you know?" Mother's intuition. A hundred and ten percent. And then. She told my dad, and I was going to work, so I went down because my dad was fanning about in the sailor, as a true Scotsman would say, <laughs> um, and as we man cave, and I went downstairs and I was, my mum was like, "Go say bye to your dad because your dad's quite upset with the thing that I've just told him." And I was, I didn't want it to be a big thing, and I just didn't want it to be this thing that they'd have to live with, and mm-hmm. but it's not on me it's not on like them it's on the guy yep so I explained to well I just went basically downstairs and my dad was just greeting hysterically and I gave him a cuddle and he was like I'm just so proud of you like you've literally you'll get through this and I was like Mm -hmm. I know I will I'll like it will take me time but I will and I was just in bits and then I went back up to my mom and she was just crying and I was like, I'm fine, like I need to go to work, like it's okay, like I'm okay, mm-hmm. but I wasn't okay. Were you numb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh I can't, I honestly can't describe it, like it was just nuts, like how I felt to like even think about because I was just in this, the only way I can describe it is when I go in like a really dark headspace is that someone's literally sucking you in a black hole mm-hmm. and you just keep falling and falling and falling and like down this rabbit hole and you just keep going and going and going and you can't see the end. And it's like you're standing above watching this. Uh-huh. Like you were saying earlier on. I couldn't even like, you just, it was Rona, <laughs> I, I can't say that I haven't like been there before in my life, you know. Aye. I know it's not like, I totally resonate with what you mean by being in a dark head space though it's just awful and there was like times that I was literally like I can't do this like I can't and then my head was like go out to this do drink to that to like just try and cope mm-hmm. and it, nothing was working it was just getting darker and darker and darker and I would just stop doing everything that I liked so like I just 
stop going out, stop seeing people, like I just cut off from the world and no one can describe it. It's like people were going, what's up with you? Why are you being so dramatic? And I was like, well, I'm not being dramatic. Like, do you want to watch what I'm literally going through? Like, you're not seeing mm-hmm. what I'm like when I'm myself mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm the worst person for describing things. <laughs> you're not at all. You're doing amazing. Like, like just keep going and this is your truth. This is your story. You tell it how you tell it. It's just mental. Like, when I think about it, it's just, it is just nuts, like, the way I was feeling. And it was, like, see how when everyone's, like, oh, it's the end of the world. It literally, the smallest thing was the end of the world. Like, everything was just 100% heightened. And, like, do you know how, like, in vampire movies and, like, they flip their humanity switch off? Uh Uh-huh. That's how it was. But I was, like, it's not even in my own body. Like, that's what I didn't understand. I was, like, how can I feel like shit but I'm not in my own body and I was doing things that like I was going out and that was mental but it was just like you were doing things that didn't make sense to who I am Uh so like I was going out every week like I do like going out like we all know that I like going out Mm -hmm. but it was like to the point that I was like drinking in my house, mm-hmm. like myself, like just getting absolutely steaming in my house in my room mm-hmm. and just bawling myself to sleep. And then I was like doing stupid things. I was like smacking my head off the doors, like smacking my head off the walls, like smacking, like basically self-harming myself. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go into details with that, but you can make what you want with that one. So how did you, do you feel like you've came full circle? Do you feel like... I feel as if this is something that you'll always deal with. It's a yeah, trauma it's that's not, always there. You don't completely don't ever, forgive and forget. No. Like you, I seen a quote the other day and I wish I could remember it. It said, you don't forgive and forget. You like you love and live you and you learn. Yeah. So and you move forward. So how do you feel like you, you came full circle with that and now you feel like a bit more of a whole human being, let's say? I'm never going to feel, like, I don't ever think I'm ever going to feel, like, a full human being, like, in the way I was, like, I've always struggled with mental health, like, I'll, I'm at that till the day I die, like, I've always struggled with it, but then that happened, and it just completely spiralled my life out of control, Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand that that's okay, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, like, it was like, it was just made like I just don't even know how to put it in words. It was just a mental time, mm-hmm. and then when I went to th- like four therapists, it was one was a private therapist, and then I went to Sandyford for like a hearing person. I can't remember what they called it. They called it someone, but it's not a therapist. Mm-hmm. They just sat and listened to you speak about what happened to you, and like they talked about it with you. Yep. So after my private therapist was done, fuck all for me. Just keep me alive. And then I moved on to her and it just, it just didn't do much. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got to rape crisis where literally they have literally been a godsend. Mm -hmm. And this is during lockdown. Like the first lockdown, I was waiting about, how long was I waiting? About 18 months to even like get talked to someone. Mm -hmm. And then I met my first therapist who was the best therapist. Like she literally worked with me through a full year and she used to just sit and listen to me like talk about 
even if I was just having a bad day, like with everything else going on, Mm -hmm. she would literally just listen to that and she'd like go through like what triggers me, what, what kind of flashbacks I have, like what panic attacks I have that week, like what, like she walked through every single bit of detail and was like, we worked on one thing, then we worked on another and then like there's a thing called the one this is what great price issues but they use the window of tolerance and when mm-hmm. you're outside that window then that's when things happen but when you're inside that window you're okay mm-hmm. like you can cope more with things but I was constantly outside that window mm-hmm. and it was like I can't remember but it was like loads and loads of different ones that I was just like tick 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 because it was just like what's that thing called and it's like over like you're overriding your brain mm-hmm. with so many different things and you're just hypersensitivity is that the right word yep that's it that is literally the word I've been looking for but it was like how I felt and then when I was like dissociated because I was dissociated for like a year and I don't remember that full year mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you I could like see when I look back at photos that's when I remember things can't remember day to day can't remember like things that I was doing on a day-to-day I couldn't remember going to college I couldn't remember sitting in college I couldn't remember like going to work I couldn't remember coming home I couldn't we were literally in flight mode yeah and I just couldn't concentrate Mm -hmm. like things were just like not working and then I was like I was looking back at photos and I was like when did that get taken and everyone's like that was that night and I was like what night Mm mm-hmm and it, it's just like a weird thing because you're like you don't remember it like that's how what I found like I just didn't remember anything does that make that just it doesn't make it sense it does listen <laughs> I'm the worst person don't worry about whether you're what you're saying makes sense because it'll make sense to somebody it'll make sense to somebody that's listening to this that's been in your position so don't worry about trying to explain it to people that will never understand yeah. right like because I've literally some... jumped from that thing to that thing but that, and <laughs> so that's how you're telling your story and that's fine but like now how how do you feel like you said do you feel like you'll never be like a whole human being and I, I always say um like especially since my mum died I think in my heart is like mosaic where mm-hmm. it's just it's smashed to pieces but yeah. it's a beautiful heart and I think that about you and I think you know that we've yeah. known each other for three years <laughs> now <laughs> and I feel like I've seen you grown up so much and I hope you've seen me grow up <laughs> <laughs> you've changed like, a goal <laughs> but um but I feel as if it's it's something there's the saying that you are not what happened to you no like and a lot of people live and it's like oh hi I'm Rona I'm a rape victim a lot of people would introduce themselves like that to people I've known people to introduce themselves by what's happened to them yeah and I think that you don't introduce yourself like that it took you years to tell me and I think I produce a safe space and I would like to think that people could tell me <laughs> so it took a lot you know like you're not living based on this is who I am is what happened to me and I think that's really brave and I think it's dead inspiring the fact that you're 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 aware you're self-aware 
a lot of people go through life and they have no self-awareness and they don't know why they they don't know why and they don't try to know why this is how they're living the way that they're living like you were saying when it comes to things that you didn't do no you're interested in the why in that Mm -hmm. why am I doing that why when I know I've got more self-worth and esteem and self-love and why am I doing that I think that that's a credit to you and yourself and the people around you that have built you like that and the therapy is obviously working Literally. I feel like I've seen you come on leaps and bounds Literally. I only found out when was it I found out last it was year after I had my operation I think it was last year you told me and we were in the salon we were on our own mm. and I just remember crying with you mm-hmm. like I I do I remember just being like can I wrap my arms around you because I was in yep. full PPE and you were in a mask and all that and I feel as if like don't ever think that you've not got anybody to talk to and I know that we've spoke about until somebody's went through something like that I feel like a wee bit of an imposter here because I feel as if I have a story to tell and I'm not quite ready to tell that story and I'm not quite as brave as you at this moment in time right like that's completely fine but I know at one point I will tell that story and um, I do admire you, admire you a lot and I hope that you know that, like, and I'm genuinely, I know I've got a wee lump in my throat, but I genuinely, I've been trying not to cry Since the Jimmy Savile case, 
uh, rapes that have been reported for 2020 have tripled in England and Wales as well. It was actually quite hard to get Scottish um, yeah. records, but this is um, one from the UK and it's flabbergasting. In March 2019 to 2022, there was 55,000 rapes reported and fewer than 1,500 were convicted. I actually think I already said that statistic during this podcast, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to say it again to show the sheer how bad the situation is and it's astronomical. How are we keeping ourselves safe? We do things as women, like walk, walk down the street and you take your ponytail out, your keys are in between your fingers, you're, um, you're like, you're so aware all the time that something can happen to you. I mean, you could be walking down a street and you'll walk like, you won't walk near the wall, you walk near the pavement so that you can get that few footsteps away to run. There, there's so much stuff that women have to do yeah just even think about going out mm-hmm. and people still don't get that even after like and then look it, at that th- look at what was happening with the spiking and it was getting injected that's still going on wild. no one's talking about it now wild no one's talking about it and it was like everywhere like there's so many things that like every single woman have literally went out and talked about going through things and going through similar experiences like it's not all just like someone actually climbing on top of you and like penetrating you and doing it that way it's people that are like going around grabbing your arses of the club grabbing Mm -hmm. your tits like it's just a joke like and women shouldn't need to go out and be like I need to protect myself from that person that person that person and look at every single person in the room Mm -hmm. twice to even feel safe because you don't know they've not got a certain face they don't have a certain face and you feel like you can trust them and you, you just can't you can't and that's another thing it does wreck your trust like it just destroys your trust in everyone and anyone mm-hmm. like and I've never been a person to be like oh yeah I was dead trustworthy and all that and now I'm like I don't trust you stay the fuck away from me mm-hmm. and like even on nights out I pure scream at guys faces like get the fuck away from me because I'll actually smack you with a bottle or like I'm going to smack you if you come near me and I've never been like that I'm always like oh just fuck off mate but now I'm more like please leave me the fuck alone mm-hmm. whatever I feel like men think that that's like, actually uh-huh. like a ch- they quite like that it's like when a you're like go back and it doesn't matter if you say you've got a boyfriend or you're seeing somebody mm-hmm. or whatever it's like they don't oh, care yeah like it's like they fucking love it uh-huh. like they go off on it and it's that's mm-hmm. weird like if you are talking to a guy and you tell them no and they pursue rape. you. <laughs> You're saying rape, rape, but if they pursue you, that's a red flag. Like you've literally said to them, No. No, I don't want to speak to you. Like, so Leave that could potentially lead to other things like rape happening. Because if they don't take no for an answer, they might never take no for an answer because they are just, no, it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. But there's like loads of guys like that that out there because I've been out and 
there's been a couple of times when I was like younger and guys have like like when I was like 15 like 20 year olds like going down smacking girls arses and all that and that actually just gives me the absolute fear Mm -hmm. because I'm like imagine like an old man like in the nicest way an old man hitting on like a 18 year old or like 15 year old that just gives me the absolute Mm-hmm. But see, that I think as well, there's this stigmatism that it might be a certain type of guy that but might rape you, and it, it might be a certain age because mm-hmm. he's not getting it home anymore of uh-huh. his wife or something like that. Like, but it's no like you said, it's it's boys, it's guys, it's like they're in their teens, they're in their twenties, mm-hmm. they're. They're not like they're really of all good. ages, uh-huh. and, and regardless of their age, you know, they mm-hmm. are very young age. You do not rape somebody. Mm-hmm. You do not have sex with somebody of any kind if it's not consensual. And why would that turn you on? If that turned you on, then you need, then you need fucking help. Like, <laughs> but I think um, it is. It's really, really bad and. I don't don't really know, like just wrapping this up, Rona. I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to it. This conversation, anything that we've missed out, or there's like one thing that I would say to anyone that's actually gone through it mm-hmm. is that you're not alone, and there's so many people out there, like so many women that I've actually talked to, and they've been through the exact same thing as us, and. Like, you can come out the other side. Like, it's not that it will. Like, it does keep up on you once in a while. But after you go to the therapy and, like, talk about it and find ways to cope, because Mm -hmm. finding ways to cope with it is half the battle. Mm -hmm. And you should never, ever be ashamed to, like, tell your story or even talk about it because it's nothing for you to be ashamed of because... You were the victim. uh Uh-huh, you're the victim. You're a survivor, you're not a victim, you're a survivor. That's the way I see myself. I'm not a victim for what he done to me. Like it's not my fault, it's not anything I done. It's nothing to do with me, it's on him. And if you think like that, then you'll get a lot better in a sense. Like I was like the full time, I was like, I don't see how he's gonna win and he's not winning this battle. Like this is my life, like he's not ruining it. Because he ruined, like, in a way, I was like, he ruined me, so I'm not letting him ruin myself. For mm-hmm. my, like, that doesn't make sense, but it does to me. But honestly, the one thing you're is, you're never alone. There's always help. And never, ever, ever force someone to, like, talk about it until they're ready. And when you are ready, go for the help. Like, go to rape prices, because rape prices do an amazing 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 job Mm -hmm. and we've got the right prices number here so the number is 0808 802 9999 that's 80 sorry 0808 Somehow, I don't know if there's anything that could possibly be done that... I don't think, I honestly, in my opinion, I don't think that, like, I've done a campaign, I've done 
like so much work to like try and like get people to talk about it but it is one of the ones that a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're like I'm so ashamed I'm so embarrassed like but you shouldn't be embarrassed like it's not your fault and it took me four years to learn that that was not my fault Mm -hmm. I did nothing to deserve that no one deserves that I've worked so hard on myself and I would hate for someone to like start the journey and think how's that person done it and how how is she okay mm-hmm. I'm not okay like I'm still having my tra- challenges and my struggles and I'm still having flashbacks and I'm still having these things like it's still an ongoing thing but I am a hundred times better than what I was I'm more healed mm-hmm. than I think I'll ever be because mm-hmm. I know that I can go and get medication I can do stuff like that but I can do more therapy and I can do more work on myself to like do things to make me happy yeah and that's something that like even like going through therapists and every single one of my therapists have always been like have things that make you happy even if it's the simplest thing even having a cup of tea Mm -hmm. or going for a bath or like washing your hair or like getting your nails done or like something that makes you happy or like even if you want to play playstation or whatever makes you happy yep do that at least one times a day because if you have that then you can make yourself feel like I'm okay like I've done something for myself today Mm -hmm. and there was a time that I was like writing down things like a task list to do and like it was like brush my teeth brush my hair go for a shower like even on my off days if you do one of the things on your off days you can get a lot better yeah because that's where I was like this isn't going to work like this is a joke like seriously doing one thing a day like how is that going to help me Uh but if you just keep at it and it makes you feel happy Uh or like watching friends or like something yeah on tv that's exactly what I do on it like I think when you're going through like a traumatic time or a depressive episode or whatever I think that right now everybody can't really understand why I'm coping I meet people and they're just like my god you look amazing and like you're doing so and I'm like well this is this is me this is survival mode for me this is what this is it's not um that I'm living my best life this is survival mode and that's what it looks like for me it's doing and I would say I probably do almost all of the things that I like to do in a day right now Mm -hmm. for myself because it's the only way I can I can and I don't have kids and I've not got anybody like that I need to answer to so I'm very fortunate that I can do that but people might not be in that position they could be mums and things like mm-hmm. you're saying so one thing is enough uh-huh. and it's enough to make you feel good 100%. better it's enough to feel like you're a wee bit more you yeah but that's yeah. what I kept saying I was like if you do that every day then you do feel a wee bit more like yourself yeah step closer step closer to like getting to where I am because it didn't take a, six months to get over it it's never going to take six months to get over it it's going to take so it's took me four years to get to this point so mm-hmm. it doesn't take just overnight and that's what I think I was like, why am I not okay for the longest time? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but I am okay. Like, I'm so much better than what I was. But I was, like, doing, like, little things 
and then people realizing like Rona's changed so much like I've literally still get people coming up to me and going you're a different person now like you are completely different and I'm like mm. is that a good thing or a bad thing and, like it's you just thing. seem like there's just something new about you you just seem mm-hmm. like you've got a new lease of life and I'm like I technically do because I've done all this work I've like went through lockdowns doing therapy after therapy after therapy and it does it does work but you've got to do the work yourself yeah and you've got to be willing to do it because if you're not ready and if you're not willing then don't try it wait mm-hmm. till you can be like I'm ready to do this because a lot of it is like honesty and being able to communicate exactly how you feel and yeah. it takes processing time to, to process how you, feel. <laughs> how you feel and be able to speak that out but like you're saying um people can't you can't expect to go through a storm and then for it to be the same when you come yeah. out of it and there's this analogy like about the storm going through the storm I mean, your house is going to be a wee bit wrecked, right? So think of right. that as like your your mind, your heart, like whatever, it's going to be a right. bit wrecked and you just have to piece that back together again. And that's how I always say my heart's like mosaic because I think it's still really I like beautiful. That. I think I'm going to steal that one. Yeah, well, do it because you've definitely got a mosaic heart. And um what one of my one of my clients had said actually in a uh, earlier podcast said about how she views my heart as being like mm-hmm. the gold having the gold in between it yeah she's like a like the chinese when they yeah. break something they, they repair it with gold uh-huh. and um that's how i see it yeah i think that you know what happened to you you're like take that and hone that shit and make that for a better human being and we are sitting here right now talking about something that's a really horrible topic uh-huh, horrible topic <laughs> however it's going to help other people and that's four years ago you probably never thought last year you probably never even thought that you would be able to sit here and do this and literally I remember like going to ask you to sit down and I thought she's gonna be like no <laughs> like and I just thought it, it worried me it worried me because this is your life this is some real life shit this isn't a silly girl chat conversation yeah. this is real life stuff and I've, as I said earlier on I've seen you like progress and I've seen you grow as a woman and I'm incredibly proud of you and I'm incredibly proud to be sitting across the table for you so I just want to say well done Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I'm sure everyone that's listening will be in agreement that you are incredibly brave. I don't even know what else to say because I'm going to tear up. (laughs) But um, thank you so much for tuning in this week. And next week we'll be back with another episode Sunday at five o'clock. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and do leave a wee review if you're on Apple Podcasts as it helps us move up the ranks and these conversations are really important there'll be somebody out there that needs to hear this share it in your instagram stories and so on and so forth um yeah thank you so much bye